Hello everyone, this is Terry Mitchell with the Voice on Fire interview series, Interviews with Intention. So for those of you who may not have followed along before, I love to interview people that I consider to be change agents. They're difference makers, they're action takers, they're people who want to make a difference somewhere in their local community or even perhaps across our global village. My guest today certainly fits into that criteria. I'd like to welcome Lauren Shivens to the Voice on Fire platform. Lovely to see you today, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Excellent. Let's off. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. So what I'd love to do is introduce you by way of what it is you do. So that'll be the first question off the top of the list. And I'd love to share with the audience what it is that you do today and let us have that conversation. I love it. Let's go right to the chase. I am building a global meditation franchise. That's what I do. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a certified meditation and mindfulness trainer. I've been trained by Buddhist monks in Thailand. So I actually went back to the core of where this whole practice comes from. Oh, wow. And what I'm doing right now is bringing it back to what we call the Western world, so to say, to really mm -hmm. spread the ancient practice of meditation, the actual traditional practice of meditation with those around me and then further, further in the world. Our brand, our organization is called Samavera. Those are two Sanskrit words. Sama means peace of mind. Perfect. Meditation, peace of mind. However, Vera means courageous because we believe that it may take courage to actually look into your shadow sides, to actually look into what comes up when you meditate because it's not mm -hmm. always just joy and fun and peace of mind. That's what comes after, right? Yeah. But first, you may need courage to actually look into yourself and see what's actually happening there. Mm. So yeah. that's what we do. We host in-person group trainings, group meditation trainings where people actually come back together in real life, mm -hmm. right? Not like, not like the COVID versions online, yes. but real life, yes. real community, real people, because group energy actually helps you bring you deeper into the meditation practice, which is beautiful. Wow. And our students actually want to come back mm -hmm. in the groups, in the studio and do this together. Wow. And we host these group trainings where people actually learn how to meditate and what happens when they meditate and how to create a meditation style that fits them. Mm -hmm. so there's no one size fits all like there is sometimes online also okay. we actually train people on how to meditate versus just receiving a guided session right versus just going through a guidance or through an app and kind of staying dependent on that because they have to come back to the app to do the next session or come back to the guide to, to follow the next guided session so we actually train people to be self-sufficient to be independent meditators which is we are the first mover in this space. Believe it or not, this didn't exist yet when we, got, wow. when we got the idea and when we started working on this, which was mind blowing to me. So I thought, okay, <laughs> no time to waste. I need to jump Absolutely. on this train. Yeah. Because, and um, so basically to understand it in more simpler terms, perhaps, we are creating a similar organization, the way Zumba, the fitness, mm -hmm. the workout yeah. dance brand, the way mm -hmm. they created their organization that we envision to become as big or perhaps even bigger than they are but in the meditation space Fantastic. the meditation and mindfulness space yeah, yeah. That, that's quite a, an accomplishment in itself but yes. also <laughs> just even to to see that there is um that, that cliche is the gap in the market but to see that and to recognize there is an opportunity to take something that is really so beneficial into a wider space so that people don't miss out on that opportunity and on capturing something that you mentioned there it's 
it's something to go to a guided meditation or to listen to a guided meditation, say audio or video on YouTube, for example. But it's another thing altogether to, in fact, learn how to properly meditate. And I've only ever myself had one session at a particular retreat that I went to, and it was completely different to anything that I had experienced. So in what ways do you find it's different in uh, guiding people through a meditation, as in, you know, the standard process that many are, would be used to versus actually teaching them or showing them or training them how to meditate? What, what do you know is different in terms of if the audience listening to this wanted to understand, how would you explain that? I love that question. Thank you for asking it. I think the main answer here would be that when we think of meditation, what we kind of think of is to try and calm down the mind, to kind mm -hmm. of like settle it, empty it, kind of like push it aside a little bit for a while so we can have a peaceful meditation, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe when you first experience with your body, with your system, and go through an initial guidance of the meditation, because we do start our trainings with the actual experience. But if you later on uh, integrate, integrate the mind through understanding of what it is that we do, how to do it, how to mm -hmm. adjust depending on the state of the day or the phase of your life that you're in, because meditation can be different today, tomorrow, of course, mm -hmm. where you actually integrate the mind into the practice, there's wholeness, it's more holistic, and we actually invite the mind to be a friend of ours instead of an enemy, as it's quite often seen these days, because the mind is chattering, the monkey mind we've heard of, it's like we mm -hmm. kind of have to tame, tame it, mm -hmm. that's the connotation we have uh, these days of the mind, but in our trainings, we actually incorporate it. First, we experience, then we understand those together is highly, highly powerful. Mm. And students, we have had students who've been meditating 10, 15 years before coming to our trainings. So the first few, the first few trainings that I gave back in the day, of course, I was a bit nervous because I thought, wow, okay, let's see if this can still provide something for them. But their feedback was, wow, how come I never came across this before? How come, how come wow. this doesn't exist? And that they really felt that they dropped in so much deeper they really connected with themselves instead of just with a voice that's speaking to them all the time basically mm -hmm. to keep you in your mind to an extent mm -hmm. because you're constantly listening to something external instead of checking inside mm -hmm. and they were they were so convinced that I thought okay this is really something we need to spread this bigger and wider and further and faster <laughs> yeah can. absolutely yeah. and I, I think you hit on something exactly there just from my own personal experience there is that sense that when you are first learning to meditate, as in going into a meditation just to calm the monkey mind, it is you more or less are listening to somebody external to yourself guiding you. And it does act as a distraction to what's going on in your head because you are listening and it's an action. And so something to give your brain something to do as a way to kind of not let it keep doing what it's doing which is chattering and going on and you know throwing a hundred thoughts at you whereas <laughs> when you're actually meditating and learning to to connect with your body it just becomes a process of letting your body speak to you and and mm -hmm. and in a strange way the experience I've had is that your your mind stops chattering because you become more interested in what your body's actually doing as yes. opposed to any words out there or any sound out there and you can hear a sound out there and it becomes in, insignificant it doesn't matter that there might be a train going past or a, a person you know um, talking out the front of the house or a dog barking or whatever it might be you mm. can just simply become more comfortable feeling whatever is feeling inside the body even from 
from the tip of the toes to the top of the head. I don't know if that would be a kind of my interpretation. Yeah. Would that be more kind of my humble way of explain, explaining it? You're right on point. This is, I couldn't have said it better, honestly. Yes, totally. Exactly. And the messages of that, the messages, the internal messages that are coming up are indeed so much more interesting than any messages of our own minds or the messages of the people, the noises around us. Exactly on point. Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. It's, yeah. it's lovely to hear that there is a, um, a, a an experience that can be had. But I'm, mm. I kind of wanted to segue with this because even though it mm. sounds like it's, you know, that sounds really lovely to be able to connect with your body, you've mentioned that sometimes it's not necessarily always the joy and the loveliness. Sometimes it can come up with some less pleasant things that are actually still hoarded away by the body who likes to stick things away in dark corners until you're ready to deal with them. Um, tell me a little bit more about how that experience plays out for you. Definitely, definitely. And thanks for asking. This is because this is important to talk about. And I feel not many people do talk about it. First of all, many meditation guides are not always certified. And second, we use meditation for anything and nothing these days. Although when there's, for example, something like trauma going on, it's actually mm -hmm. necessary to be a bit careful, which many people actually don't know. Yes. So we always, first of all, we always pre-screen to see if there's any actual um, phase or condition going on that we need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. But let's say the general, let's say the average student, right? Let's mm -hmm. take them first. We notice that when people, especially when people start meditating, but also when people already have meditation experience and then are able to drop in deeper, as we like to call it, right? Because it literally kind of, it's a great anecdote, a great um, visual representation of what happens when you actually, actually, actually meditate the traditional way, basically. So sometimes you may come across something that you had forgotten about yourself or a part that seems a bit contradictory within yourself. That's quite common, actually, because everything is yin and yang. But mm -hmm. we always, we are being so, I'm not saying it's a, it's a negative thing, not at all, but it's an unbalanced thing. It's an incomplete mm -hmm. thing, I would say. Mm -hmm that we are primed to focus on the positive, to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the other extreme, mm -hmm. not fully in balance anymore either. Mm -hmm. Focusing on yeah. the negative is not balanced. Only focusing on the positive is not balanced either, right? Absolutely. You need to have both. And meditation will show you both. Meditation, the easiest way to explain what meditation does is it will show you a mirror. It will actually place you in front of a mirror where you can see yourself, where you can see what's actually going on inside of you. And then you can decide more... Um, how to say proactively what you want to do with that mm -hmm. it's not just taking over it's not just dictating you you'll see it you'll be in a, in a gentle way confronted with it mm -hmm. yeah. so you can make a take a more informed decision basically about what you want to do with it if mm -hmm. you want to try and adjust that a little bit about yourself or if you want to integrate it in a different way so it doesn't contrast each other as much anymore mm -hmm. but sometimes as well meditation can bring up past experiences that were in a sense traumatic because we've heard this more we are hearing this more and more times these days from the moment that we are born we are going through a few traumatic experiences and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be something as extreme as a violent robbery rape or anything like that when i say trauma i also mean the daily triggers sometimes that kind of mm -hmm. shock our system yeah. subconsciously or subconsciously those are also already labeled as traumas because they're kind of they are a shock, literally. Mm, yeah. We have traumas in lesser extent and bigger extents. And what meditation can do is bring up some of those experiences again, bigger or smaller, depending on. It kind of show you again all the things that are happening in your system, all the things, all the parts, all the particles of you, basically, mm -hmm. so to yeah. say. Um, and some of them you may like. You may actually realize you're so much more comfortable, flexible, 
and kind to yourself that you thought you were mm-hmm. or and or you can see that okay the past few days I haven't actually been very nice to people and just realize that because you are taking a moment closing mm-hmm. your eyes sitting still and letting what comes up come up and first this instead of trying to shut down the mind because so the mind is part of that whole process I believe and mm-hmm. that's how we see things differently than mainstream does these days mm-hmm. um but yeah things may yeah. come up that you may not like at first sight and then the question is okay what do you want to do with it yeah 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 absolutely and I think that's really important for people to understand that the the, the mind is like we all we all know the cliche as well that mind is like a sponge we absorb information at an a, a fast rate so fast that you know when they've done scientific studies they've been blown away by how quickly the brain can process pieces of information that the eyes haven't even registered the yes. information's come in 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 milliseconds and the brain hasn't even had a chance to think it through so it hasn't gone into the thinking stage it's just registered within the body because it goes into that um, very subconscious level, goes in unconsciously, it goes to subconscious, and then it comes to the mind's awareness. But that can take a long time. And, mm. and a lot of us are very good at blocking or not letting ourselves experience some of what goes on because we're uncomfortable. There may be a past trauma or we may be just not educated about it. So the mind being like a sponge that it is, it's, it's interesting to know that when you talking about your um, the type of going deeper in that meditation, mm. yeah, sometimes it is going to bring up something that really makes us feel very uncomfortable. So it, I, I appreciate that you're being very real about this because meditation mm. isn't all sunshine and roses. Mm. Sometimes it can be a little bit thorny and a little bit uncomfortable, but it also serves a good purpose because of that, because it does, as you say, kind of puts that mirror in front of you and allows you to proactively, as you say, choose which way you want to uh, address it I suppose so we've talked a little bit about what you do in terms of um, the development of not only I understand that you've developed you're developing an app is that correct a yes and no an app will come later but we actually want to go back to the real life space as I mentioned so Mm -hmm. currently we give in-person group trainings and Mm -hmm. an app will be a supportive mechanism but we're definitely not trying to compete with the bigger meditation apps out there that's not the way we go the way we go is actually bringing people together guiding them through an eight-week training where each week they also again dive a bit deeper into the practice into the theory into the experience into Mm -hmm. the the know-how and um yeah, that's how we train us to become independent meditators. Yeah, so, uh, and I can imagine, like certainly in Australia, we've we've had a fairly strict mm. range of COVID uh, lockdown experiences across our different yeah. states. And mm-hmm. I can imagine being able to do something in a room with people must mm. almost feel quite enlightening in itself. Yes, so, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so you've mentioned that the, the trainings are actually in person, which sounds really wonderful. Um and in terms of what you do, who is it that you're doing this for? Is there a select audience or a select range of people that you focus on? How is that playing out for you? Mm. Well, to state the obvious, of course, someone would need to be interested in meditation because otherwise you can throw whatever you want on them, but it's not going to be caught, basically. Mm-hmm. We do beginners. Meditation beginners are very welcome because we do start from the top, basically, mm-hmm. when we guide people through the whole process. Also because we use a different meditation um, style than, for example, Zen or Vipassana. We are different than that. So we do start from the beginning anyways, whether someone is a beginner or a parent. Our main, main target audience, however, 
is are people who have been who have had some experience with meditation already for example they've been trying an app they've been trying to meditate through youtube by themselves on music or or guided sessions through through a guide that's something that they keep coming back to mm-hmm. and what we aim to do is to indeed move them away from the dependency of an app of a guide and really help them to drop in deeper so especially people who've, like i mentioned who have had some experience with meditation already this is first of all a new meditation style to them because it's not that known yet it just came up 50 60 years ago in thailand so it's actually quite a new style quite a new version or brand as you however you want to call it um but we kind of want to reintroduce them to the actual traditional form of meditation because i feel many modern meditations are like i mentioned either someone talking to you for 15 minutes it's like kind of like a storytelling exercise which mm-hmm. is also nice don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. not fully the same as what we're trying to put out there or indeed it's more of like a visualization exercise you're asked mm-hmm. to visualize this or that or manifest this or that which is also nice i do those things as well but i do them in addition to my actual meditation they are mm-hmm. not my meditations because from my perspective and from our perspective it's not the same but i think right today these days um all these versions have been kind of clustered together thrown mm-hmm. on the pile together and be like this is a meditation mm-hmm. we kind of want to separate them again and be like okay this is this this is this this is this okay. by all means do combine them because they strengthen each other they enhance each other yes but if you say okay i want to learn how to meditate then this is what actual meditation is where it came from how it used to be and how we can kind of put it in a slight modern jacket so you don't have to become a monk to actually go through the real experience mm-hmm. but and hence is why i did go back to the monk so i can bring back a version that does fit in the modern world because we do live in a society right now where everything is fast paced we we mm-hmm. don't have time to sit down for 2 hours and close our eyes i mean don't even think about it, you know, mm-hmm. but really to bring back those two worlds again, because I feel we moved away too far. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's important that we understand that, you know, the traditional style of meditation, depending on, you know, the, the, um, the I suppose, the source of information mm-hmm. is that they can go into a meditative state all day literally from the moment they wake up through until the time they actually decide to go to sleep if they actually don't spend all day uh, 24 hours is not an unheard of time just to be sitting in mindful uh, meditation Mm -hmm. that's fantastic but as you say modern day world not Mm -hmm. quite so able to do so so what is the way to maximize the the benefit of doing such a a valuable um act of Mm self-care but doing it in a way that fits with today's society Mm. so yeah it sounds like a really awesome way to introduce people to Mm. something that really we do need to bring back into the world and more so because I think um, and interesting to hear your take on this I think just the experience of COVID has really shattered Mm. some people's realities Um, it's challenged some people to really question themselves and certainly in um, in Australia I've seen some fairly unpleasant reactions to the um, the government's behaviour towards the, the um, virus and the, the mm. vaccination process. So that kind of reaction has left people with feelings of a lot of different emotions that they probably have never felt before. So I think the timing at this stage certainly seems mm. to me to be really quite ideal. Um, mm. and, and I'm just interested to know with regards to what you're doing, um, is there is there any other message about it that you'd like to share before we go into the next question? Because 
I've got a, a certain lot to to take further uh, into, mm-hmm. you know, maps going a little bit deeper in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds great. Um, I think my final message is indeed that the timing is totally right, both in terms of COVID as well as in terms of more and more people who become interested in meditation and how much how much more popular and known meditation becomes because some of the most successful CEOs now started talking about their meditation practice so people become inspired and motivated. Mm. Um, this wasn't planned as such. It was something that literally an idea that came up. I started doing some research to see which offers and which organizations and, and businesses and brands were out there and none were. So I thought, wow, okay, everything coming together. Let's definitely take this forward now. Mm-hmm. now. Um, maybe one more thing to share about this, because I hadn't mentioned yet, is that mm-hmm. the, the meditation style that the meditation style that we use coming from Thailand is called Dhammakaya. Mm-hmm. So Zen, Vipassana, they're quite known, right? So a lot of mm-hmm. people have heard of them, definitely Vipassana retreats. They're basically a franchise as well when you think about it because mm-hmm. there's Vipassana retreats happening worldwide. So we are using a similar kind of model, but with the Dhammakaya meditation style. And in Dhammakaya, it's said that the home of the mind is located in the center of the body, which is mm-hmm. just above the navel. Mm-hmm. So that's also what, what we do in our practice. We go to that center of the body, just above the navel, kind of bring back the mind to where it comes from because mm-hmm. that's where those um let's call them emotions or sensations such mm-hmm. as bliss compassion full understanding are mm-hmm. located they say mm-hmm. and that's what i've experienced myself as well in my own training and mm-hmm. hence why i thought oh my god everyone needs to know about this right <laughs> and let's not be selfish i keep this to myself yeah absolutely. This with those around me yeah so yeah it's it's fascinating that you mentioned that because one of the first thoughts that went through my mind was um, a, a what I've always figured was a little bit of a sarcastic cliche about meditation was the old staring at the navel or you know, that and it's like <laughs> well. in, in truth that's really where you do focus your attention it's not staring at it but it's that focus of attention and they mm-hmm. are now making the link between what they call the the mind and the gut as being the two mm-hmm. the two brains of the body and or the two the, the two active centers of the body that yes. reveal all so it's really yes. not that different to discover that oh gee we have a gut issues and often the time uh, the mm-hmm. the issue is that there's something wrong within the gut and the gut health and we're discovering all that and making big inroads on that and discovering how important that is and mm-hmm. really meditation also the traditional meditation really focuses on that yep. central part of the body where all of that energy is Yes. Do you think there's any irony in that? To be very honest, you're the first person who mentions it, and you're so right. I hadn't it hadn't crossed my mind to be very honest, but it sounds like we have we made that discovery before. We kind of mm. forgot about it, and now we're basically trying to bring it back. So yeah. thanks for adding that on, honestly. <laughs> really, and I'm gonna use that as well, just oh, so you know. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. So to take this one step further, we've we've discussed in, in little detail the mm. um, what it is you do and who you mm. do it for. Mm. Let's dig a little bit deeper into the why you do it. So mm. there's perhaps even if you wanted to go into a little bit of your story, just let people mm. know why it is that you came up with this and, and where this all started. Yeah, definitely. The main, the most basic reason why I do this is definitely, okay, the world needs this and now more than ever. That's kind of like it became kind of a cliche sentence. So it's definitely not the main, um, the main reason, the main cause, right? This originated definitely from my own story. And I think everyone who is really on a mission in this world 
went through something at some point in their life that kind of that not kind of that moved them to do whatever it is that they're doing to really um, continue healing themselves and also in addition healing serving helping others and this is such a such a pattern really it's kind of like something happens at first it's really intense it's really hard difficult challenging but then we kind of climb out of it and we think we feel more empowered Mm -hmm. and we have that energy to to spread this with others who are open to it who want this who need this etc so yeah indeed um where to start i think when i look back at my childhood my adolescence it was i was very happy i was very lucky with my parents but i didn't i went through a few experiences that didn't um they were very challenging to me before for example I lost my virginity through uh, force. So it wasn't my choice to actually yeah, lose my virginity. I was held at gunpoint when I was just 17. So that was like the literal, the, the, the literal flash of like life flashing by in front of your eyes. And I was already not doing well in life at that point. I was already going through quite a, a long-term depression, depression of a few years. And having suicidal thoughts, um, thinking about what it would be to end my life because I didn't see another way out. But then that moment that they held that gun to my heart actually was a very cliche in a sense. Mm-hmm. My life flashed by and I thought, no, 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 I'm actually not done yet, mm-hmm. which was very in sharp contrast to how it was doing because I was not doing well at all. I was kind of like trying to climb like a crawl through the day, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, yeah properly raped again later in life as well so my self-value my self-worth were like below zero at that point Mm. I think I was yeah yeah, it was it was I won't go into much detail but just to sketch a picture that I was not in a good place yeah I definitely wasn't and I went through many traditional therapies sorry yeah many traditional therapies like EMDR which is trauma therapy I went through psychotherapy I went to a psychologist even a psychiatrist I was even on um, antidepressants on medication for a while all that did, however, was kind of bring me back to a baseline, which is what I'm definitely grateful for because I was below baseline at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't help me get further. And I was so basically, you can see it as such. We're trying to yeah. survive in life. And I was surviving at that stage. I was doing better. But what else? What else? I was waiting mm. for that next phase, that next step. And it wasn't coming. And I was continuing with my therapies. And I was thinking, is this it? This cannot be it. I cannot mm. believe that everyone else feels like I have zombie going through life feeling like it's good enough but it's definitely not great and mm. i want great and yeah. you know so i was looked i was thinking about okay how can i go from this yeah surviving feeling to a more thriving feeling as they call it yeah. these days wow, yeah. and i started looking in some more um, alternative therapies in terms of people with whom let's say coaches let's say people with whom i could actually talk mm-hmm. about more things than just the, the traditional psychologist who would run me through their booklet and say okay mm-hmm. you're diagnosed with that this is how we're going to treat it really by the book black and white mm-hmm. and I also came across uh, meditation and mindfulness at that point and I think I was in a good enough state a stable enough state to actually use meditation and mindfulness because w- this is what I wanted to mention before what, what uh, briefly came up before if you're actually if your trauma is actually active at, at a certain stage, it's not a good idea to start with meditation because you can become re-traumatized because yes. of that mirror. Yeah. Yeah. If it's already too intense, then the mirror can be double intense, bringing mm-hmm. you back to where you came from instead of forward to where you want to go. So that's mm-hmm. something to be careful with. It's good yes. to, to 
enter that baseline and then add it on top yep. to move forward, to continue healing, basically. And that's what happened with me, precisely that. Um, I started meditating online through YouTube. I came across this organization in Thailand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, looking backwards, it's easy to connect the dots, thinking, yeah. wow, this was lined up, really. But when you look forward, you're thinking, okay, how's this going to help me? Let's see, let's just dive in and, and yeah, see what yeah, so the first time I went to Thailand, I went through a, a 10-day meditation retreat. I thought, this is quite something, you know, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Wow. And long story, short, uh, long story short, a few years later, I went back and actually became certified to train others in this. And out of that, I created the actual student training, basically, that we're now spreading with our own organization. Mm-hmm. So I'm incorporating what I learned from the monks, what I learned from the actual meditation style, my own life experience um science so theory as well yeah and that is long story short where it came from my own Mm -hmm. remedy and feeling like the power of this the the space there is to actually help others help spread this to others Mm -hmm. given that people do meditate but not the way i believe meditation was intended to be used Mm -hmm. um so it really comes from deep inside yeah it really does come it it is indeed like a fire within me that's you know burning and i can't say no to it because it's too strong in a good way yeah absolutely yeah every day i'm I'm, yeah i'm continuing to work and to spread and to grow the community and yeah Mm. yeah no it's wonderful that thank you for sharing your story and and i just want for others to understand as they're listening to this or or perhaps watching the youtube video about Mm. this that if you are going through a trauma or anything is happening to you don't hesitate to reach out to somebody i'm i'm available you can always just uh, look out for the details in the description below Mm. there is there is always a way forward and sometimes even in those darkest darkest most horrifying traumatic times it never feels like there is and to to share a little bit to show my understanding of of what you have shared I mean I had my own traumatic childhood and growing up in some of the most difficult circumstances and going through my own traumas I had also at the age of 13 was imagining the bridge that was about 50 meters down the road that was across the river and, and just believing that that was the time I was going to jump off the bridge because I can't swim to save myself. So <laughs> it would have yeah. been it would have been yeah. the end of me. And I often thought about the 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 trucks that would travel travel the road out the front of our house, living out in the country. There were always big trucks going past, and I thought, you know what, I could just go and jump out in front of them. But my heart was there saying I wouldn't do that to the truck driver. Mm. How awful! What an awful thing mm. to do to him or her. Mm. And I decided, well, I can't do that. And there were many times that I went through those, my life's not worth, not worth it. Why am I even doing this? But I was, I was 13. So mm-hmm. it's, it's sad. And I look back and think, you know, that poor child that going through so many mm-hmm. dark emotions at such a young age, a time when my, my mind probably couldn't even really process what was actually going on. So it's really important, reach out, always talk to somebody that has a role to play in the healing process so whether it be the doctor the nurse the psychologist the psychiatrist the social worker mm. the school counselor whoever that person is entrust somebody with how you feel because there is always hope and then you can become the person such as as you lauren you you've you've been through darkness you've seen those really awful emotions and yet here you are doing something quite remarkable to start a movement to make a difference around the world so mm. 
I, that's part of the reason why I like doing these interviews is because the story behind the movement, the story behind the foundation, the story behind is often what helps me to share with others that there is hope out there and you may feel right at this moment in your life that you are in the worst possible state but it can, as you say, it can be the impetus to actually get you into that place where you know there's more, there's got to be more. Yes. And you might just be that right person. So if you are listening, I hope you hear that message. And it's it's really important whether you find meditation, I certainly would recommend it, but also be sure that you are supported. And to come back to our conversation, Lauren, one of the things I was curious about is you mentioned that if someone is going through perhaps a traumatic situation and you do screen mm -hmm. any clients that come through, mm -hmm. that um, perhaps it's not a good idea to go straight into any sort of um, deeper meditation, that maybe it's a good idea mm -hmm. to address what's going on first. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, if it might be suggested also that perhaps start with just a little style of um, introductory meditation like the YouTube mm -hmm. channel stuff or the, the guided apps, whatever those simple ones might be mm -hmm. while also being supported a little bit like your own story you were supported you yeah. did come out of that awful stage into a bit of a fog and into a you know mm -hmm. a, um, a baseline and while you were being supported you also then perhaps started to discover that there are other modalities out there um, would it be fair to say that it's okay if somebody wants to also say do something similar to what you did be supported but also then start to explore other options yeah, I think so. Definitely when you feel you're heading towards that baseline, you can indeed start with, let's say, mindfulness practices, perhaps not yet the full deep meditation experience because mm -hmm. that, that mirror can be triggering, which mm -hmm. is something that can help you move forward. But you need to have a strong enough foundation to build that on, basically. But yes, yeah, definitely like soft meditation styles. Let's say breathing exercises, for example, mindfulness exercises, mm -hmm. definitely. But I would still suggest to do it in addition to actual therapy, whatever mm -hmm. that might be for you, because mm -hmm. different things work for different people. Absolutely. But yes, you can definitely start introducing yourself and then building on that so that eventually, and again, I there's nothing special about me. If I can do it, I believe, and this sounds like a cliche, but I really, really, really believe this is true. Anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. However, we all need support. I ask for my support as well. You don't have to do it alone. So thank you so much, Terry, first of all, for also sharing your story and your part in this and for also mentioning how important it is to actually call out reach out and share and ask for support because it's not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength oh, that absolutely. you can acknowledge what's going on exactly absolutely. and then say okay i need this i need you i need i've done that as well and yeah, <laughs> i couldn't be happier that i did because yeah. some some things it takes a it takes a tribe to raise a child, right? Absolutely. That's what we say. Yeah. It also yeah, it also takes a tribe to to sometimes get you yeah back yeah. up to speed basically. Yeah. To, to life can be tough. Oh, absolutely. I am not that uh, optimism guru that you see sometimes. I think I'm the <laughs> the the reality guru. <laughs> no, I'm not a guru at all, of course, but more like there's both sides, guys. There's yeah, yin and there's yang. How can you yeah. integrate the two? Because that makes you more powerful than focusing only on the the lights the happiness the joy definitely mm. it's part but it's not the only part and if we don't acknowledge the other side the other experiences the other perhaps even trauma indeed mm -hmm. we're not still still not fully complete they're yeah. still not integrated still not yes. balanced and still not tap, still not enabling you to tap into the full power that you have because mm. there is a fire just to 
to link back to also uh, yeah the name of the podcast voice on yes. fire right there is a fire in all of us but sometimes the fire through experiences or whatnot can dim a little bit can get a bit smaller mm. but it's still there yeah. it doesn't go away so yeah. it's all about finding the person the 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 therapy, the technique that helps you bring the light up the fire again, really. Mm, so mm, I think it's perfectly aligned with uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's important that we recognize that something that really uh, stands out for me about what you just said is um, it's it's lovely if we can find that way to be really positive and upbeat and really joyful in the moment all the time. That would be wonderful. Mm. But I think, as you say, it's a little bit of an imbalance. It's not reflective of the true nature of existing mm. as a human being in, in the everyday world. And it doesn't mean that we also then have to sit in utter despair and be really um, quite miserable and, and down and negative and feel awful about everything. Even though we may feel that in the trauma and in the moment, mm. it doesn't mean that there is no way out of that and I don't believe in faking it till you make it, though it does play mm. a part to trick the mind to say, you know, we don't have to be in this dark mm. space. It's possible mm. that if we perhaps if we just practice smiling, we may feel a little bit better in ourselves. If we yeah. just practice being nice to the next person we see, even though we are feeling awful in ourselves, it may just help us to take ourselves out of the dark space just enough to get to that baseline, as you mentioned. Mm. I think the reality for us is social media has a tendency to paint this notion that we must always be upbeat and that, you know, anybody who's not upbeat is negative or toxic. Mm. And, and I have a, a bit of a thing about that. I don't believe that mm. people are toxic. There is toxicity and there, mm. there are select people that I would certainly classify as toxic. And I would say they are people that unfortunately I don't know that any level of meditation will ever help them because they may in fact have something chemically wrong with their brain. And, and really mm. there, are, there are studies that have shown that some people are unfortunately born with elements within their brain structure that make them unfortunately not very nice people. And I mean, I'm talking about the really evil people, the people that have got what it takes to hold a gun to somebody as you've experienced. That kind of horrid behaviour Maybe there are some people that can, through meditation, have their brains healed because it certainly can help. Mm -hmm. But in terms of real toxicity, I think we need to be a little bit careful about the use of the word toxic to describe people. We need to acknowledge that things can be negative, things can be difficult, things can be harsh. Mm -hmm. And we may be meeting somebody who is in that very dark space and not realise that before that dark time happened, they were really bright and bubbly and lovely but they had a trauma that has taken them into a dark space and they don't know their way out. And I think we need to discover ways to actually really re-embrace with people and show them that it's okay. You don't have to be bright and bubbly around me. I take you as you are, but let's try and get you to that place where you, where you do feel like you are bright and bubbly again. And I think meditation, as you've described it throughout this, this discussion, really is a tool, a, a method, a modality that would allow us to really find that again. What are mm. your thoughts there? Yeah, I couldn't have said it better again. And there's this quote that came to mind while I heard you speak, and it's that let's please all be nice to people we come across in our day because you have no idea what's going on in theirs. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what's going on in their day, in their life, what they just went through. And 
this really motivates me also in those days where I still feel a bit lower because I'm not perfect either, not yet. <laughs> and quotes like this really help motivate me to stay mindful about what's mm -hmm. going on within me, within them, within the world that we all engage in, we all are active in life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, perfectly well said, totally on point, yeah. Yeah, excellent. So mm -hmm. in terms of if people wanted to find you online, uh, whereabouts would they look for you and what links would you like them just to be sort of directed towards? Because bear in mind for everybody that's listening or watching, uh, that's in the description below the video and the podcast, there will be all the links where you can actually uh, find uh, where Lauren is located. So just share one or two where you'd like them to look. Yeah. Yes, our organization is called Samavera, as I said. So we are under samaverameditation.com. That's, the I think, the most simple. And social mm -hmm. media, same, Samavera Meditation. You can find us everywhere like that. Mm -hmm. So also on places like Instagram and Facebook and the like. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Excellent. And to round out our conversation, I'd love to ask you this one last big question. And this mm -hmm. is a, and one that I've just decided to throw out there. What is, is your one big wish for humanity? Oh, this reminds me of two, I love quotes. I love throwing out quotes. I'm going to do it again. The Dalai Lama said that if every eight-year-old in the world learns to meditate, we would have world peace within one generation. That would be, wow. I mean, not only absolutely amazing, but also we are so close. We can make it happen if we want. Yes. But of wow. course, in the things like COVID have shown the division that we have instead, but it's really motivating. And there's this study that was done where people, sorry, where people who um, learned to meditate, who were meditating, going through a meditation training in a certain area where there was a lot of violence normally. And it's mm -hmm. not the people who actually conducted the violence who were meditating, mm -hmm. it was the people in their neighborhood and their surroundings. Yeah. And violence levels went down. This is an actual study, it's called the Maharishi Effect. Mm -hmm. You can look it up online. Actual scientific studies that were done that showed, that show, that have shown this. So for me, this is very motivating because mm -hmm. it's such a powerful, it's, simple not easy however mm -hmm. but a, such a powerful tool that has such widespread effects mm -hmm. even if those even if you are not the one meditating if people in your surrounding are apparently yeah. right yeah so my wish for humanity is to deep dive more and more into this practice into this modality so that it, so that we can reap all the positive benefits that come along with it mm. yeah. wow yeah that's that's such a powerful quote too that you know if every mm. eight-year-old learned to meditate yep we'd be free of violence and all the things associated with it within mm. one generation that yeah what 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 a, a way to be motivated what a fantastic quote to motivate you to do what you do <laughs> yes thank you so much it's it's within our reach yeah we, we want to go for it we can and we'll make it happen as a, as humankind i'm i'm certain fantastic yeah. and, it, and is there any other uh lasting uh thoughts you'd like to leave with the audience before we round out I think we have covered it all. I think, I think my mind is empty right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think we've said it all. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, honestly. It's a beautiful conversation and I'm very grateful. I've really appreciated having you on Voice on Fire. It's been a really good conversation and I could talk about this topic for a very long time. Thank you so much, Lauren Shubins, for joining me on Voice on Fire. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you, Terry. All my best. You're watching or listening to Voice on Fire interviews with intention. If you're new to Voice on Fire interviews, you'll hear from everyday amazing people on a mission to make a difference. 
These people are change agents, action takers and difference makers, having a positive impact on their local community or across our global village. Don't forget to subscribe and click the notification bell for updates on new interviews. I hope you enjoy.